This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. I'm here with Dr. Paul Schmutz, a dentist in Salt Lake City. He teaches at the University of Utah School of Medicine. He has a general dentist, but he has a specialty in wilderness medicine. He wrote the chapter on dentistry in the Advanced Wilderness Life Support textbook. How are you doing, Paul? Rich, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me tonight. Well, most people in the world don't know much about dentistry. We leave it all up to you, good dentists, to take care of our mouths. Uh, what general advice do you have for the backcountry uh, traveler? Well, that's a good question, Rich. But before I get started, let's just say there's a lot of stuff out there on the Internet about do-it-yourself dentistry, and this podcast is not about that, nor do I encourage that. But this is really about first aid that we can do when we have something that goes wrong in the backcountry with our mouths or with our teeth, something that we can get people out of pain with, and then when we get back home, we can go see the dentist and get it fixed properly. So with that... The big question is, you know, what do I need to do in the backcountry or how do I fix something? Most likely, the biggest thing that's going to affect someone in the backcountry, I think, is is just like anything, is trauma. And it can be something very small, but if it causes discomfort or pain in someone, then we don't want to end their trip if we can just treat it and uh, continue on. If we're on a backcountry or backpacking trip somewhere, or somewhere where we can't really get out that easily, if we can give them something that's going to make the trip better and uh, we can move along. So when we look at, at trauma, you know, there's basically, we either have external trauma where someone has fallen or they've gotten hit with something in their mouth and, uh, and then we have to deal with that. Or it could be something as simple as internal where they've just chewed on something and a tooth has fractured or broken and then we need to, uh, to fix that. So I think maybe we should start with that. So let's start with uh, probably the biggest issue would be the knocked out tooth. And uh, what can we do to treat that or what is the treatment for it? And the best place for a tooth to be is back in its socket because that's where it gets its nourishment. So if someone were to knock their tooth out, they fell down or got hit with a paddle or something like that and the tooth came loose or came out, then we want to take that tooth and uh, look at it, inspect it, make sure there's no dirt on it, handle it by what we call the crown of the tooth, not by the root. So the root is the one that's going to be, the one that has the blood on it, Uh, it'll have ligaments on there, and that's what's going to reattach back into the socket. So if there's any debris on it, we obviously want to get that cleaned off. We don't want to scrub it because then we're going to lose the periodontal ligament that's on the tooth that's going to help reattach it back in, but we can gently rinse it and uh, and make sure it's clean. And then the next thing is also we want to make sure that the, the socket hasn't been forced closed, has been crushed by the blow or something like that. So just check that and remove any blood clots by rinsing it out. And then just take that tooth by the crown and see if it'll just go right back up into that socket. Sometimes you may find some persistent blood up in the top, so you may have to use a little finger pressure to re-get it all the way back in. And sometimes they just kind of feel like they're getting sucked right back into the socket that's nice and clean and just gets put back in there. Once it's in place, 
see if it's loose and then if it is we need to stabilize it some way and uh, that can be done by maybe putting a little glue some people like to take super glue or crazy glue with them in their backpack you can just dry the tooth off and put it and uh, put some glue so that it's attached to the adjacent tooth and uh, and then kind of hold it in place once you get to the dentist then he's going to do some other things to it but at least it's back in its socket you preserve the ligament and that tooth is going to hopefully stay in place. Now let's say that the tooth's been knocked out, but for some reason you can't get it back in the socket or there's other injuries that you need to attend to, but you still want to save the tooth. So what we need to do is we need to, to put that tooth in something so that we can maintain the viability, viability of the uh, periodontal ligament cells so that at some point it may be able to be replaced. And by that, we need to store it in some sort of medium. And if you have something that's specialized for that, most people don't carry this in their backpack, and I wouldn't blame them for not. But some of the other things that you may have is if you have some milk, you've heard you can store it in milk, and that's a great option. Or you can even use the person's saliva. They can spit into a little cup or whatever you may have and then allow the tooth to sit in that. And then uh, you can extricate him and get him out to whatever else he needs to have done and then eventually get him to the dentist and then maybe at that point in time we can replace the tooth. Alright, so let's say the tooth isn't completely knocked out but instead it's been knocked loose and when you touch it you can see that it's just wiggling there and uh, the same thing applies now except you don't need to clean the tooth off you can just gently see if you can push it back up into the socket and see how stable it is and then uh, once it's in the socket and it looks like it's aligned with the other teeth, then you can try to stabilize it and then go from there. Now, sometimes you get lucky for you, and that means that uh, the tooth, instead of getting pushed out, it gets pushed in. So now when the person bites down, it doesn't, it's not in the way. They can, they can actually bite down and do fine. This is called intrusive luxation and... Uh, at that point, you really don't need to do anything except for manage their pain, if they happen to have that, and, uh, and then eventually get them to a dentist. Now, let me just say that with all these traumas, these little traumas that we just talked about, that uh, if you have a multi-day trip going on and you're going to be out there for a while and can't get out, then after this, you need to uh, obviously rest this area. So if you have soft foods, they need to go on soft foods. You probably want to put them on a, some sort of a, a analgesic. Uh, ibuprofen is great. Ibuprofen and Tylenol. Uh, that combination actually works really well. Or just Tylenol will be fine. And I'd also consider putting them on an antibiotic just to stem off any infection that might come. Paul, what would be a, a good antibiotic that uh, we should take in our first aid kits to uh, do what you just said? Well, in our office, we like to use penicillin a lot, but that's such a narrow-spectrum antibiotic that I think if you're taking something in the backcountry, you probably want something that's a little wider spectrum. So I think amoxicillin or clindamycin would be two excellent choices. Now, when we look at trauma, it's usually not just isolated to, hey, a tooth got knocked out, and that's all I have to worry about. Because if you get hit in the face with a paddle, you're probably going to have some lacerations on your soft tissue, and you'll also need to deal with those issues as well. 
So we've always said that we need to do the soft tissue, the heart tissue first, deal with that, and then come back and, and fix the soft tissue. And so if someone has lost a tooth but also has a cut, let's get the tooth back in first, and then we'll deal with the cut and sew that up. Uh, like if they've cut their lip, then they may require some stitches. Uh, if it's on the inside of their mouth, um, depending on what's going on, you may or may not want to stitch that up, but uh, usually we want to keep that area clean. Uh, so salt water rinses at that point in time. Uh, just a cup of water with a teaspoon of salt and have them swish that around every three to four hours as you're doing your trip just to keep that area clean will uh, be useful. In my lecture, I like to show a lot of pictures when I'm doing this. We can't do that here. But uh, one of the things I always show on soft tissue is a person who had their lip cut. And uh, when we uh, stitch it up, if you look at your, your lip, the outside where it hits the skin is the vermilion border. And uh, I always remind people, hey, if they've cut through that vermilion border onto the tissue, make sure you get that lined up. Because when someone looks in the mirror, they don't want to think about you. You don't want them thinking about you every single day. You want them just to forget that you had fixed them and that they look beautiful again. Paul, I have a quick question, and I, I know it's on the mind of the people that are listening. And um, A couple of years ago, I was down on Cataract Canyon in the middle of Utah here in the United States, and a lady came to me, and she had a really bad toothache. And, uh, of course, I just gave her ibuprofen, but I really don't know what causes the toothache, and I really I guess I don't know the appropriate treatment for one. That's an excellent question, Rich. Let's talk about the toothache and some things that uh, we can treat in the backcountry. Usually, let's let's actually back that up a little bit. Let's start with the uh, with the tooth and uh, kind of a quick lesson in dental anatomy. If you were to cross section a tooth and look at it, that outside layer that you see in uh, when you look in someone's mouth is the crown of the tooth, and that's made up of enamel, which is the hardest substance we have in the body. The next layer down is dentin which has little tubules in it that uh, have some fluid in there. And then we get down to uh, what we call the pulp of the, of the tooth, which is really the neurovascular bundle where the nerves and the blood vessels, connective tissue, adonal blasts, and all that are in there. So when the nerve gets stimulated, that's when we, get, we find tooth pain. And uh, we probably all had that experience where we've, where we've eaten something really cold and we get that quick aching feeling in our, in our teeth and that's just the nerve responding to the stimulus that has happened, that the, the cold has gone down, it's made the fluid in those dental tubules move down, and it, and it bangs up against the nerve, and the nerve fires and says, ow, that hurts. So when we have someone with a toothache, we have an underlying problem there. They could have a cavity in there that's been developing for a while, and now it's getting down close to where the, the pulp is, where that nerve is, or they've had some sort of trauma, um, we, talk, we talked about uh, the external trauma of, of getting a tooth knocked out, but really if someone bites down on a tooth and breaks a corner off, they can expose some of that area of the tooth and make it more sensitive. So anytime that they drink something cold or eat something hot or even sweet stuff, it will uh, give them an ache on the tooth. But usually I think the tooth you're talking about here is a person who wakes up and says, I got this throbbing tooth, it's killing me, what do I do now? And usually what's happened is that pulp chamber has had a bacterial invasion in there 
it's now turned into an abscess, and that abscess is working its way out of the tooth into the surrounding tissue of by that tooth, and so now that tooth becomes very tender and sore. So if they put a little pressure on it, or they tap it with their finger, or try to chew on it, it hurts. And really what we need to do is clean that out. But I don't think you're going to do a root canal out in the middle of the wilderness. I'm not even going to do a root canal out there. So what can we do to, to calm this down? And at this point, probably the best thing we can do is, is put them on the antibiotics. And we already discussed that. You know, our penicillins, our amoxicillins, clindamycins, or or guins, or whatever you happen to have in your kit, then that's what we're going to treat them with. And, uh, you know, when we look at infections in the mouth and in the tooth, you know, we have viral infections, we have fungal infections, and those really don't cause a ton of pain. They're more of a discomfort and an annoyance. But when we get to the bacterial infections, when we get to the toothache, that's when we, especially when it develops into an abscess, that's when we have a serious issue. Now, with that said, sometimes the infections will just kind of drain out all up along the side of the tooth or even out the side by the gums. Sometimes you'll see a little a little blister, a little gum boil kind of develop there, and it's kind of draining. But every once in a while, we get that one that's just stubborn and just is sitting down at the apex of that tooth, and uh, it's not going to drain, and sometimes it even gets bigger, and that's when it becomes a serious problem. Those are those fascial... Uh, plain infections that when uh, when we get those, that's when the person comes in and it looks like they have a golf ball or a softball, you know, underneath the underneath their chin, and uh, and they're in serious pain, and they can become a serious health threat. So in that situation, I hate to say it, but I think the trip is over, and we really need to get them to to more definitive care, and uh, get that tooth extracted or the root canal done, get the get the area drained. Now, if we're in the backcountry where we can't get them out, then we definitely need to monitor them and watch them to see how they're responding to make sure that they're staying alert with us and not drifting off and that their airway stays open. If you have a, an infection underneath, the, underneath your jaw and it's getting bigger and bigger, it has the chance to uh, slide to the other side and it can cut the airway off. So antibiotics are certainly a key component in this. And getting them out to more definitive care. Paul, I have a question. I've uh, seen in store-bought first aid kits a tea bag, and I've been told that helps with tooth pain. Tooth pain. Is that true? Well, that's kind of an old myth, I guess you could say. And where, where they've said to use this, actually, is if you have an area that's bleeding, like if you extracted a tooth, which I, you're probably not going to do in the backcountry, and you can't get it to stop bleeding. And most times you can get teeth to stop bleeding just by putting pressure on it. People say to moisten the tea bag and then bite on that. They say the tannic acid in the tea bag helps for the blood to clot. But really it's more the pressure that you're putting on with putting some gauze in there right on the spot and, and getting them to bite down on it whenever we do an extraction. Now occasionally I've had uh, a few people who, for whatever reason, that it just refused to clot and it just kept bleeding and bleeding even after they went home. And there's one little secret. If you have a serious cut or injury. Let's say the, the person fell down and somehow they bit their tongue severely and it's just bleeding, bleeding profusely. What can you do? Well, if you happen to have some sugar with you, some granulated sugar, your regular table sugar, if you actually put that into the wound, 
that seems to help it to clot up and stop the bleeding. Paul, a number of years ago, I was on the Middle Fork of the Salmon River in central Idaho in the United States, and a kayaker uh, had put his paddle up against the wall to brace himself, and the kayaker, uh, kayaker's paddle hit him in, the, in, in one of his front upper teeth and chipped a piece of it off. Um, this is uh, a relatively uh, common thing as far as dental trauma goes. What uh, could someone like me do to repair a chipped tooth? So in a situation like that, it uh, again kind of bends to how much pain is it causing them or how much discomfort. Because in some cases you might chip the tooth and it may not bother them at all. And in that case, we're not going to do anything, right? But let's say that it's bothering them. The question is, why is it bothering them? Is it because we've exposed those dental tubules, so every time they breathe, every time they drink something cold, it uh, causes that pain, that tooth to be sensitive? Or is it because there's something sharp on, you know, an edge of that tooth that's rubbing against their, their, their gum tissue, their lips, their tongues? A lot of times people will, will bite dent on things and they may break off a corner of their tooth in the back and... Uh, then it's, it leaves a really sharp edge, and then as they try to talk or eat or chew, their tongue keeps rubbing against it, and the next thing you know, their tongue has this nice laceration on it or a rash or a sore spot, and, it, and, it's, and it's uncomfortable for them. So in a case like this where, where we've got the broken tooth, the best thing to do is try to fill it up with something. And there's lots of uh, temporary filling materials out there on the market uh, that you can buy at, at Walgreens and whatnot. And in a minute, maybe we can talk about dental first aid kits. But uh, you want to take this material. It's kind of like a, a a putty, a hard putty that you can kind of roll around and, and, and with your fingers and, and kind of try to push it in or, or, or put it around the tooth so that uh, it kind of molds in there. And the key to that is eventually it's going to harden up. So... You know, once you put it in place, have them bite down and then remove any excess. Have them bite down again, remove the excess so that as it hardens up, then you don't have this high thing, high spot as they bite down on it. And then they're just banging on that and causing a little more trauma to the tooth. So so try to get all the high spots out of the way and kind of fill in the gaps, fill in the broken area, uh, cover up the sharp edges. And uh, I think if we can do that, then the person is going to enjoy the trip a little bit more and uh, be able to eat and uh, have fun. Paul, I um, often go into stores and see uh, little uh, first aid kits to put in my regular first aid kit. I'm not a big fan of those prepackaged kits, but I honestly have no idea what I should put in a first aid kit. Why don't you help us know what we should get? All right, very good. So with that, um, probably the only thing that you need to buy that uh, you can't make or have probably have already have on your own, is just some uh, temporary filling material. Now, as you mentioned, there's the pre-made packages, and they put a lot of stuff in there, and uh, you don't need all that stuff. Really, the temporary filling material is the one, and sometimes you can just buy that by itself, and that's going to cost you, you know, seven, eight, nine dollars somewhere in there, and uh, that'll last you for, for until you use it up, I guess. But... The other things you could use as temporary filling material is uh, there's a thing called orthowax, which the orthodontists like to use. So when kids first get braces on, their lips rub against those braces and, and they get sore. So they throw this 
softer wax on the on the brackets to uh, till the lips kind of toughen up and they can handle it. So you could actually get some some ortho wax, uh, the temporary filling material, and uh, another one is we call it IRM, and uh, we have it in the office and it comes in a powder and liquid. So you probably I don't know if you can find that in the store or not, but the nice thing about that is is that you can make your your temporary filling as as thick or thin as you need to uh, to fill that in and then that liquid actually is a eugenol based which is really nice sometimes to have when you have a tooth that's that's aching on someone you have the bacterial infection too but sometimes that that eugenol or the oil of cloves can help calm a tooth down and you can actually buy oil of cloves at the store as well and what you want to do with that is if you have some little cotton pellets then uh, you can soak it in that and then kind of dry it out a little bit so it's not just soaking wet. Stick it down in where they lost the filling and then put the uh, temporary filling over that and that will sometimes help calm a tooth down if it's, uh, if it's really achy, um, but not necessary. So the things I would have in my first aid kit would be obviously the temporary filling material. I would have something for pain, uh, the analgesics, and really I love ibuprofen and Tylenol and if you do that as a combination, those two together, uh, some studies say that they actually work better than our narcotics do. And uh, so ibuprofen, Tylenol, and then uh, if you want to carry an antibiotic with you, that's great. Definitely, if you're going to be looking in someone's mouth, a flashlight is really nice to have. And you'll probably have that because you're, if you're out in the backcountry, you're probably going to have that anyway. Uh, things... Uh, you know, I would I would take a pair of gloves with me, um, and then as far as instruments are concerned, I mean, really, our hand is the best instrument that we have, because you can put you can work that around and 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 mold a, a little filling into someone's someone's tooth if you need to, um, or you could use a Q-tip, I guess, if you want to carry some Q-tips with you, and then uh, and then probably some suture material, so that if you have someone who uh, gets a, a laceration in there that uh, you'll be able to suture them up or at least uh, some way to close that that wound. So I was on a trip once uh, in the Grand Canyon. We hiked into Havasu, and uh, we had uh, you know established our base camp there uh, where the falls are. But we decided one day that we were going to hike all the way down to the Colorado River. And uh, so we, we hiked down there, and um, there was a, a group of rafters that had come in down the river, and they were hiking up. Uh, Havasu there to that beautiful water and uh, we went down the river we turned around to come home or come back to base camp and my friend as he was going up the rock slipped and when he slipped somehow he hit his knee into his lip and gashed it wide open and of course we didn't even think to bring our first aid kit with us down to the river so there he was bleeding and we're trying to figure out what to do luckily there was a group there as I just said and uh, so I asked them if they had any sutures because I was just going to suture them up. And they didn't have any sutures, but they did have some steri-strips. So we cleaned them up with the stuff they had, got them dried up. And I put the steri-strips to close that uh, his lip and the vermilion border that we talked about. And, uh, and then we just left it at that. And, uh, and he held up fine. He they had no issues. So sometimes you just kind of be creative and use whatever is available for you. Well, Paul, thank you for that very fascinating uh, discussion on wilderness dentistry. We'll uh, have you come back very soon. 